Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode from Public Access America. My name is Jason. His name is Jeffrey. His computer was stuck. My computer was updating a whole bunch of stuff, and we managed to be here for the live stream basically on time. <laughs> it's it's always funny how it's like, you know, I had this thing on yesterday because uh, my laptop battery was dying. Mm. It, this thing is like eight years old. I've done a bunch of upgrades to it. It's still highly functional, but there definitely is, you know, it's, it's, it's showing its age and I just don't have the money or the really the need to upgrade my computer at this point. Oh. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna ride it out as long as we can and everything will be just fine. Sure. So, you know, Sometimes it's just it's cheaper to just do the upgrades and mm-hmm. you know get buy yourself some time until you can save up and buy it out buy a new one outright. Salam alaikum everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10 thousand people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children were being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. Or just wait for the deal. I always assume Mm -hmm. I have a whole list of things that I would like to have, but I just wait for the deal. And then I go, okay, that's what I wanted. And people are like, you always spend money. And I'm like, well, I always spend money on what I wanted. You know what I mean? But I put a year of thought into it before I bought it, you know, because I don't want to buy a whole bunch of random stuff. So, 
Right. You know, and when I bought this computer, like people were like, oh my gosh, you're spending, you know, 950 bucks on a, on a laptop. I said, well, number one, it's not an Apple. So Mm. it's literally half the cost. (laughs) He said, number two, probably will get a good five years out of it. So I bought this thing at the end of 2013 and here it is, you know, middle of 2021, and it's still running pretty decently. I, I had to double the RAM. I ended up changing out the hard drive for an SSD. Mm. Um, I have a second hard drive in here that I'm probably going to look at putting, you know, using getting another SSD, and, and then that way I'd have two, uh, two solid-state drives in this thing. But really, realistically, it's like, well, do I need to do that? Because most likely the next computer I buy is going to have an SSD in it already. And then I can take the SSD that's in this one, nuke it, and do whatever I want. That's awesome. You just spoke so like, a bunch well, of Greek to me, and I love it. <laughs> oh, I so I, I am a computer nerd at heart, right? and I've spent a lot of time working on machines in various capacities, Mm -hmm. everything from, you know, like, you know, have you tried turning it on and turning, you know, turning it off and turning it back on again to, okay, well, it sounds like we're, it sounds like your hard drive's failing or your motherboard's going bad or blah, 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 blah. And so it's just, you know, I've gotten used to working with computers Mm -hmm. in, in various realms and, uh, whether it's been, you know, fighting, uh, viruses or ransomware or malware attacks or any number of things i've done some server side work you know it's it's uh, you know it's kind of what kick-started my love for all things tech and uh you know moving into the infosec world hmm. you know what i blame so, for that is the carburetor i think when the carburetor when the car when cars lost left the carburetor behind guys were just like computers are better to work on you know what i mean <laughs> oh uh i don't know about that yeah. i mean i'll i don't get me wrong it, i love working on old cars because they are simple mm-hmm. like and on top of that the parts are cheap i can literally like go to any freaking parts store and i'll be like hey i need to get i need to get a new uh distributor cap for this or i need to get a new carb for this or i need to get you know a piston ring set and i could do that Mm. with an old vehicle and you know and literally sit in the engine bay and work on stuff whereas with newer vehicles right you know it's like there are very few things that they actually make accessible and the rest of it it's like you have to take it to a shop it's just there's no way to there's just no way right so it's it's frustrating because i i liked being able you know living on the farm i like being able to pull a vehicle into the shop and work on it Mm -hmm. me too i i I mean i used to work i had my first car was a 71 cutlass supreme you know Mm. and so yep i loved it i had a 350r in it which was the most common motor ever and you could just you could put anything in it, you know what I mean? I had Camaros, oh, Firebirds, yeah. I had 305s, I had 30. There was a discussion with one at a campfire over my car. They were like, "You got a like a Firebird engine in your Camaro. <laughs> well, how did you do that?" And I was like, "I didn't do any of it, you know." But I just loved, right. I loved working on I loved working on that stuff. You know, and there that's it's a, it's a missing simplicity Ooh. that, you know, because one of the things that I've thought about in all of this, you know, as we move towards, you know, uh, electric vehicles and whatnot, you know, there's still going to be that need for some of that raw power in the interim. Yeah. So the question becomes, why is it then that we're not doing, you know, hybrids like diesel electrics, like we do with locomotives, you know? it's there it's a simple technology that's been around for a long time they use it in mining they use it in um in locomotives they use it in you know basically pretty much anything uh that is small enough to where an engine would suffice but not too large that you want to look at an onboard nuclear reactor right i I don't know i just think i think the world is slow towards that kind of stuff they see it as nerdy, geeky, green, conser- uh, you know, conservationist types, and they're like, we don't want to help those people, you know. But the truth, well, is, that's the f- I, I think it's awesome. I think that's the way the world is going, right? 
Oh, and, and here's the, like, I love the fact that everything's moving towards electric. It's just that, you know, we've kind of, we've always, we've had that discussion of, you know, what does power on demand look like, mm. you know, and realistically, like our biggest issue right now is, is actually battery storage. Like we could probably, we could probably store enough electric, you know, we could probably we can generate enough electricity to where, you know, if we could store it, we could take a car from one side of the, the country to the other and back mm -hmm. and not have any issues. It's just that we don't have the battery technology to do it. And so the question becomes, how do you mine that gap? Well, you know, for some people it's, you know, we've got charging stations every like, you know, hundred miles. So that way people can sit it, but you still have that issue of it takes like, 15 minutes to get to an 80% charge, mm. you know, whereas it takes five minutes to fill your tank up and then you can drive for another eight hours, or six hours. But if you were to do like diesel electric hybrids, you know, where the diesel is literally just powering the generator to generate, you know, the electrical current doesn't even have to be anything big. That's the thing about it is they can be, they can be small engines, mm -hmm. And it would pro and it would most likely generate enough electricity for those batteries to be able to run them a thousand miles, you know, easy. I love so that. it's it's an I it, to me it seems like a it seems like a good step or an interim step if you know if we find ourselves having difficult doing the transition to electric. But I could also see where instead of doing diesel electric, you could do hydrogen, uh, uh, you know, like a hydrogen combustion engine. Mm -hmm. uh, where you use where you do that instead and so then you only have water and water vapor as your byproduct but you're still using it to turn a generator to keep a battery power to me that seems like a, a very natural and logical progression is you know have have vehicles that you plug in and be able to move around the city mm -hmm. just fine but for people who are long distance commuters or the, the people who are the traveling type have yourself a hybrid engine that allows you to have number one the power but number two the distance you know so that way you're not like well what happens if i decided to skip that last charging station you know i saw that actually happen here uh not too long ago where tesla uh, a tesla quote-unquote broke down and of course you know i'd stopped over and i was like hey what's going on do you need a lift he goes well i'm not really sure but i think i forgot to charge my battery and i was like oh no mm. and of course there's nothing you can do if you didn't charge that battery you either have to tow it home or you have to bring a generator over to power that thing until you can get enough electricity in it to drive it home wow i didn't know that i assumed yep. that there was a yeah i don't know you drive it, you drive it till it's dead. It's, you know, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's just a reality of having an all electric vehicle with no, no type of power on demand to me, like, you know, maybe it's not diesel. Maybe it's, maybe it's hydrogen combustion hmm. and that makes sense. I love that because plug the, it, the, the company I invested in plug is working with somebody that's building electrolyzers. And just mm -hmm. for that, they, they need the component between what they have and what is out there now, you know, the thing that actually converts the hydrogen. <laughs> so, I mean, like it was like 15 years ago, Mercedes was testing out a hydrogen combustion engine mm -hmm. and they were getting 41 miles to the gallon doing 240 miles an hour. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who's got the balls to do 240 miles an hour long enough to figure out if you're getting 41 miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah. Because at 200, at 200 miles an hour, uh, one little oops and you're going slideways. Yeah. And another exciting thing is, um, I'm sorry, I was looking at my Robinhood, you know, account. And GE, they got their, you were saying Jack, if they got Jack back, you know, that they would, mm -hmm. they would run leaner. And now... They, they're saying he, he's running it leaner and they're looking to move into the car market too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of interesting that hydrogen technology and GE would be the innovators in the future of automobiles. I mean, at my age, I think it's just so cool. I thought, I thought GE was going to come back when COVID ended because of airplanes, because they built airplane parts. You know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And it's not it, actually. They're looking to, I think they're looking to sell that off, but they're looking to run leaner in 
in this new market and having shell you know work on this green technology having all of the mm -hmm. oil and gas companies being forced to innovate that way and then have GE in the market and plug with their hydrogen technology. It's really, I would love to be a fly on the wall at somebody at some Ford oh. engineer's house. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, the, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is GE has made engines for a long time. You know, they've made them, you know, they've made them for fighter jets. Mm -hmm. They've made them for, you know, long distance bombers the idea you know for them getting into the you know getting into the electric engine market is just you know absolutely i would say probably not just well within their wheelhouse mm -hmm. but actually probably their strength like captain you obvious know. style but you know but that's the thing though is is that you know, sometimes it's you know that 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 seems like a hard transition to make and until you sit down and actually figure out what it's going to take mm -hmm. you know electric jet engines I, that's going to be something that's absolutely wild that, you know yeah that's what i was thinking while you were talking about the electric cars i was like come to me when you got an electric boeing you know <laughs> they're already testing them they're already testing elect, you know electric jet engines wow. that's just it they're they're already doing tests on them and that's you know that's going to be one of those things where it's like okay you know here we go let's let's see what you got uh but you know, there's you still have certain you still have certain uh certain things where i mean petrochemicals are going to be necessary like for example anything that's going to require supersonic speed at this point mm. um you're going to need like a you know a traditional jet engine so like you're looking at what's supposed to be the revival of concord coming back you know being able to get to london in three hours being able to get to tokyo in five that's Perfect, because we don't need a military all over the world when we can get anywhere we want to be in three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have to laugh because, like, with the SR seventy one, like it was, that just pops it pops up every so often in my my Reddit feed. Like, what people don't realize about that that engine that 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 plane was so fast that literally the manual for missile evasion mm. was just fucking floor it because you could outrun any missile at the time. That's so cool. It was like it's like yeah we you know we'd get pinged and somebody'd launch launch a missile and we'd just hit the gas and that was it. <laughs> it's like you got to be kidding me. But do you think autocracies are autocracies because of gas and oil and they know they're dinosaurs? Mm, no, I don't think autocracies are autocracies because of gas and oil. I think that it does help in some situations, but I I also think that autocracies are autocracies because you have to look at it like, does the person say things that come true? You know, for example, you know... Well, let me rephrase that because, yeah, you're right. What I mean is, are autocracies going on the offensive because they realize that what their their income is a dying thing? Like Russia, um, uh, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Iran, these, these places seem to be forcefully autocratizing. <laughs> you know well, I mean, I mean, so like, so, so saudi arabia has been an uh you know an autocracy a theocracy for a long time yeah. i that's one of those ones where it's like okay whatever you know that that hasn't changed and we certainly don't need to be the change agent for that we've uh, played that game and we've gotten the t-shirts and yeah. they they're definitely losers lunch uh but saudi arabia interestingly enough is actually doing more in investments in clean energy because they're like yeah we live in a desert Oh, hey, we can collect a bunch of electricity, electricity, and figure out how to do that. Okay, cool. Let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. So, don't be surprised if Saudi Arabia kind of enters the 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 ball game in terms of being uh, a green energy supplier and, and a petrochemicals su supplier. I mean, they've they realize that oil's days are numbered. So the question is, is you know, how are they going to make that the that financial end meet without oil yeah. and they're gonna sit down and try and figure that out they have just I mean, as much you, sun as they do oil probably more sun up. than they have oil 
exactly. And so, you know, how do you, you know, can you be a, can you be a power supplier to the region, to other places? Can you be a power supplier to Europe and beyond? You know, when, when countries like that figure that out, that, you know, they could take Russia's market share by simply being the, uh, the power supplier to Europe, Mm Russia is going to be Russia is going to be screwed right. because realistically, you know, kind of like what Washington State's looking at. At some point, like they're going to phase out fossil fuel systems. Like so, for example, in, in I think it's in Seattle, new construction can't have uh, forced gas heating. Wow, cool. So you, that means that your option is electric heating. Well, electric heating is kind of, you know, we're used to the old electric baseboards. Personally, I like electric floor heat. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm. It feels so good. But the question is, is where does that, where is that power going to come from? And, you know, with Saudi Arabia, they live in the perfect place to be able to generate a shit ton of electricity. So why not, mm-hmm. you know, why not be... Uh, a regional electrical supplier. Why not? Yeah. You know, especially if they can, you know, especially if they can figure out a couple things, number one, if they can be a regional electric supplier or number two, can they, can they uh, get some programs into place that allow them to be, uh, you know, I would, I would say two things. Number one, could they, Billy high (laughs) Billy's being a real goober here. Yes. Yes. I know. I love you. So with Saudi Arabia, you know, with the question is, is can they produce enough uh, solar energy on its own? Or number two, could they do things like electrolysis of their, of the ocean water and be able to generate, you know, hydrogen fuel power that way, Mm. number one. And I would also say number two, you could, you could then do things like irrigate the desert, for example, and, you know, make yourself some green spaces because you have that power on demand. That's one of Israel's strong suits is, is that they do uh, ocean desalinization and create a bunch of agricultural water for themselves. And so places like California, you know, where they haven't tried to invest in something like this. Mm-hmm. And instead, you've got the state drying out because the cities need a shit ton of water. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I get I get that they go nuclear bad. But unless you do some extreme investments in green energy and desalinization, nuclear is going to be your best option in order to get the water level demand that you need. I just put a desalinization place um what is that the old prison right Mm -hmm. just off the coast of san francisco alcatraz yeah just put one where alcatraz is you know i just think it's neat like but china's like heavily invested in coal enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with bet mgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with bet mgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success you know and there's russia with their gas and oil and i think of venezuela yep. with their gas and oil and i think about yep. us with our fracking and our and our our gas know, and oil yeah our, our gas but i we're just kind of a mix of everything like right now it's like um 
there's a lot going on technology wise as far as energy mm -hmm. and we haven't figured out the path yet but we're trying everything you know we're trying everything and uh, you know and that's just it is is that power generation is becoming less of a problem the problem is power storage mm -hmm. you know as as you're going to see with some of these weather events that knock the power out I'm going to keep picking on Texas because, well, Texas is doing it again with their power grid. I'm actually, you know, like, wow, you totally blew it the first time. Mm. You're doubling down on this effort, you know, saying you got $250 million for a border wall, but you can't even keep the fucking lights on. Right. What are you going to do next when the power goes out? Blame Antifa as well? Mm. Come on. What the fuck? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's so ah, damn Antifa and them not investing in our own power grid that we told the feds to go fuck themselves over. Look, like I said, I appreciate a good fuck the feds. And in all honesty, I really do think that, you know, while you need to have an interconnected system, mm -hmm. a very interconnected system, you also need to have a very segmented system. It's going to be your best way of ensuring that, you know, your grid doesn't entirely go down. And Texas is proof that if you don't do it right, you're going to be screwed. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, Texas is wow. screwed in so many ways, Jeffrey. I just don't, I just, I just don't understand it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the classic blame everybody else, but, but the people who are actually making the laws, like they knew that they needed to winterize their grid. They've known for 10 years mm -hmm. and they chose not to. But the funniest part about it is, is that after February and, you know, having that much of a fatal, you know, uh, a fatal flaw in the system, they're not, they're not doing anything to modernize their grid, but they're like, yeah, no, we totally got 250 million for a border wall. Hmm. Meanwhile, a fucking $200 ladder is going to fix that problem for people trying to cross the border. You know, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, I don't like the border as is, you know, that, you know, my philosophy, I know you don't. That. So it's just, it's going to become more apparent that we need to shorten our supply chains, invest in mm -hmm. Mexico, de-invest from China and lose mm -hmm. the border and just begin to Americanize South. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, it, that makes that makes more sense than the current method. Like mm -hmm. it, you know, if, like like we've talked about, if you want people to stop coming across the border, you have to solve the root cause of why people are coming across the border. Right. Building a wall doesn't work; it hasn't worked yet. No, it just traps the people that are here here, and it makes if my family is here and they're trapped here, I'm going to work my ass off to get here to be with my family. You know what I mean? But all of us want to be in Mexico on like a hundred acres of land, having fun, raising cattle, you know, and that's the truth about, about the, they just want to live their lives. You know what I mean? They want to buy the land. Right. They want the opportunities in Mexico. And I am all mm -hmm. in favor of Ford plants and Apple. Imagine I was imagining this week. What if Apple just relocated to Mexico? You know what I mean? It was just not enough slave labor for them. Not, well, not enough. That's the issue, but <laughs> they would have to pay more you know what i mean yeah and 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 this is where this is where you get that you know where things are going to be a little a little dicey because you know we're, we're we've been so used to technology upgrading at the speed of light because mm -hmm. because number one we've had we had stable chip suppliers number two we had stable cheap labor mm -hmm. and or free labor i should say in some cases that's what i'm saying and number and number three, you know, it's allowed certain certain segments to progress as fast as possible. But once again, you you have to look at this holistically. If you're cool with getting technology on the cheap, you know, what is why is it that you're getting it on the cheap? Is it because people are making fair market wages or is it because you've got people that are literally trapped in camps and their choice is work or die? You know, you got so you have to you have to think about that. I mean, you look at some of the, you know, you like like for example, I look at the the loss the supreme court ruling on nestle and child labor if you saw that one i did here not in the last see couple that of weeks 
basically uh, a bunch of people that were child laborers in, in some of the cocoa fields mm-hmm. in another country sued in the United States and it was ruled unanimously that they didn't have standing. Interesting. I, so, I briefly saw Supreme something Court. about that. I can't. So yeah. Okay. It's, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, as consumers, we have to demand better. Mm-hmm. And, and as consumers, we we've got to be the ones that say, Hey, this is where we want you to invest governments as, as part of that need to say, look, you know, what COVID showed us is, is that in, in the event of a global emergency, everybody's going to think for themselves and do for themselves. Right. And so you have to figure out how you're going to change your supply routes in order to deal with that. Now, there's already plans to have chip makers in the U S to me, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got neighbors that we can, we could look at investing in Yeah, Puerto Rico, you know, Hi. you know, it's there's, and, and it's, it's going to solve what m- some people think is multiple problems is, is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you have the ability to put people to work in these other spaces, you're going to see that mm-hmm. the flow of migration to the United States is going to stem really hard because stable, good paying jobs means that the cartel doesn't get its cut. That's right. And, and if you think for a second that if you, you know, that they're just going to prop these plants up and then not do anything about the cartel, that's, you know, hilarious because I guarantee you that someone will do something about the cartel. If, if that's the case, hmm. I, Joe Manchin, uh, no, Joe Biden was talking about crime and I was thinking to myself, well, what causes crime? And it's, you need a uh, good working conditions and a living wage. And that cures almost like all crime. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, oh, yeah. If everybody are working and they're getting paid, you need good, you need good working conditions, right. good pay. But the, the third element is that you need to understand what, what the black market is. Mm-hmm. And so by, by understanding what that black market is and, and either a, you know, figuring out what a substitute good for that black market is that can be legal or number two, you know, as we've tried to do eliminate the black market, right. uh, you know, it's one of those things like as, as you've seen states legalize marijuana, you're starting to see other drug use go down. Mm-hmm. But are we seeing less less incarcerations because to me the nonviolent offense is is actually uh you know uh the last data set that i saw the answer was actually yes we were seeing less incarceration that's cool um so it's you know it's we still have we still have issues with who is being incarcerated Mm -hmm. but yes we still we have less incarcerations and the reality is, is is that you know, we have to figure out what is the root cause of those incarcerations. To me, like the idea that we have for-profit prisons is an absolute fucking nightmare to me Mm -hmm. because basic economics, supply and demand, you've created a demand for prisoners. That's right. By having a pro a for-profit system, we shouldn't want to have to put anybody in jail. That's the real answer. That should be the real answer. The real answer should be that the people that are being put in prison are too dangerous to be out in society. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, you're not going to convince me that somebody smoking pot is too dangerous to be out in society. He's lucky if he can find the fucking bag of Cheetos in his own feet. Right. But every nonviolent offense has a STEM cause. And if you address the Mm -hmm. STEM cause, then you'll, you'll eliminate repeat, repeat offenders. And the other thing yep. is once somebody is offender or is felon, you know, then it's a totally different world. That is a different world for somebody that has a felony as opposed to anybody else. And we need to eliminate that. The one thing I was hoping Donald Trump would do would was to pardon everybody on the in the United States. I thought he was definitely going to do that. He was just going to yeah. cause chaos and then everybody would have their felonies eliminated. And I thought, how cool of a world would it be where felons could get a house or a job or an apartment or have any sort of life at all? You know what I mean? Vote again. Well, wow. Well, um, it, you know? yeah, and, and this is and this is where it's like 
to me, you have to look at it from whether the crime has a victim or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like an actual, an actual victim. I'm sorry, but somebody, somebody buying sex work is, is to me, that's not somebody who needs to have their rights stripped. Right. Sex work is work period. End of story. Yeah. Legalize it, tax it. I have my own feelings on the whole tax it thing, but mm. you know, if you want to keep people from, if you want to keep people from sex trafficking, there are plenty of people out there that are probably willing to do sex work because you know what? Hey, it pays. And number two, like some of these other drug crimes, you know, some of these other crimes that are, you know, they're the only victim is the person who is actually partaking. Right. In which case, guess what? Putting them in jail isn't fixing the problem. Mm -mm. But they think somehow it's actually, a detox. It's a replacement for detox. Well, that's what they do is they use it as a method of detox, mm-hmm. and that's like, okay, cool, you piss clean, so obviously you're healed. Yay! Right. Thoughts and prayers, and you toss them out onto the street, and then watch as you know, six to twelve months later, they're back in the system. Yeah, my my, and that doesn't make any sense. My hope would be that you incorporated a campus of trade schools and uh, college you know, mm-hmm. college opportunities and, and prison as well. And it was mm-hmm. just a campus. And if you were had a nonviolent offense, then yes, you know, you might go there for three months, but you, there would be no discerning you from any other student there, you know, you know, and, and really like your biggest issues that you're going to have to look at is, you know, even so even in the nonviolent realm is you're going to have, like I said, you're going to have to look at who the victim is, mm-hmm. you know, theft is going to be a big problem. Now the question is, is what does that theft look like? You know, we've spent so much time prosecuting people by who are just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, you know, I would say what I would call, you know, semi-legal theft. When you look at like the great, you know, the great recession of 2008, mm-hmm. you know, how many people literally stole so much from p- other people and not a single fucking jail sentence was handed out for that. Right. You know, there were victims there. There truly were victims there. But because of the way the system is set, you know, tough titty says the kitty. Mm-hmm. Really, the realistic the realistic approach is, is that it's like if it's a nonviolent offense, then the next question is, is there a is there an actual, you know, second party victim? And if that second if that second party victim doesn't exist. You know, there has to be a way to just, you know, once you have served your time and your community service, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's done. It's off your, it's off your record. You have to start treating people as though if you're going to send them to these places that they are actually rehabilitated. Right. And there, it, you actually have to rehabilitate them. Otherwise we got to stop calling it the department of corrections. We just got to call it the department of punishments because that's realistically all it is. And that, that boils down <laughs> to the fact that. You were talking about one of the major problems. I think one of the major fires is uh, police officer discretion. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how to fix that. But the fact that a police officer can decide whether to pull you over or not, um, send you to jail or just write you a ticket, call it a felony or a misdemeanor, bring up charges around that or not. And the fact that like, in the process, you can build on a case or strip down a case based on plea agreements, non-plea agreements. If the guy's mm-hmm. being a nice guy, a bad guy, if you don't like his attitude, all of that determines the amount of time and the charge you're going to get. And I just think that's so ridiculous in a system. I think Oregon just passed laws uh, in which like low level, low level infractions are not going to be, you're, you can't pull people over for them anymore. Like literally we have the technology to capture their plate right. and capture their speed. So you capture their plate, you capture their speed, you send them a ticket. All of these pretextual stops mm-hmm. is just garbage because this is how you end up with innocent dead people because a cop got a little too nervous. Right. Okay. Well, if you're, if you're afraid for your life at every fucking stop, then the answer is, is that you shouldn't be stopping anybody period in a story. Right. But if you build a for-profit <clears throat> prison in a town, then suddenly yep. 
all the police around it are looking to fill that prison, right? So suddenly the charges go from stupid misdemeanors to resisting arrest and all of these other things that they try and put the F, the scarlet F on somebody, felon, so that you can't vote and you have no more rights anymore. And then, well, that was like, uh, well, and that's uh, that's just it. As I, if I remember right, because I was looking at the data, Oregon system. The reason why they've decided to switch over is is that um, <clears throat> I think the uh, people of color make up six <clears> percent <throat> of the population in Portland, but they were eighteen percent of all traffic stops and tickets. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so. That's this, oh, sorry, I'm playing with my microphone. That's that's the systemic part to me is the fact that mm-hmm. the police, the prosecutors, they all have the discretion to make a light. You know, because I, I got I got pulled over and I had a dugout and I had like some resin in the one one hitter. I went and the guy wanted to give me five years of jail time for that. And a lady walked up and I, I got talked down to $800 fine, 400 for each. And I was like, I could have gone to jail today. And that's the ridiculousness of it. And that's, that's how close so many people are to just being a part of the system that they can't get out mm-hmm. of, you know? Yep. And that's, you know, and that's one of those things like you have, you know, if you're going to say that, you know, people are too reliant on the system, then you have to do things that keep people out of the system and you have to, you have to approach it actively. You know, the, the idea that you're going to have a bunch of people that have literally, you know, been jailed for really dumb things, not be able to be a part of society. That's I'm sorry. That's, that's unfortunately, I, that's a system design is what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you don't want people reliant on the system, stop putting them in, stop putting them in a position that leaves them nothing but reliant on the system, because let's be realistic. I've known people who, you know, they can't get their shit together, period, end of story. And when they start to get desperate, they go commit a crime Mm -hmm. to go back to jail. Right. They don't know anything else and they have no other opportunities. They have to, they can't get a job. They can't get an apartment. You can't buy a house. Nobody's going to, you can't get an education. There's nothing you can do and you can't even vote for people that would support you. You know what I mean? And that's the whole issue is that we have a system for poor people that just spits them back into the system and never gives them an opportunity because they're just stuck on a wheel. They're stuck on a gear. They're being ground to death. There's no opportunity anymore, you know? Absolutely. And that's just one of those things where, you know, there are companies out there that have done things to try and and put people back to work, Mm -hmm. you know, like Dave's killer seed bread, you know, Dave's killer bread, Mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, they have a large part of their workforce are, you know, ex convicts. Mm -hmm. Great. Fantastic. You know, they're, they make great products. So, you know, to me, it's one of those things like whatever you're going to do to solve the problem, you gotta, you gotta be able to create that lack of reliance on the system, but more importantly, make sure that people get the help that they need in order to get off the system in general Yeah. with, with prison, with the prison system. I mean, what is it that's keeping people on the system? What What is it that has got people trapped? Is it poverty? Is it drug addiction? Is it mental health? Is it any number of things? Is it systemic issues? Because cops in your area like to constantly fucking ruffle feathers. I think, you know? I think that's a part of it. Oh, absolutely. That's a part of it. You know, when you got, you know, there, you shouldn't, that's a, you know, you shouldn't have quotas (laughs) for, for arrests, for tickets, for anything like that. That's bullshit. There shouldn't be a demand for that. It should be, it did something. Here's the ticket. Totally agree. And I'm going to pick on the police officers. I'm going to let you talk. Um, Hey, Derek Chauvin got a, got sentenced i'm gonna let you talk and i'm gonna be right back all righty yeah derek chauvin got sentenced to 22 and a half years uh for murder and that's one of those things where i think that's a good start but i you know i think that we've got a long ways to go 
Derek Chauvin is just one person who is a greater part of the problem, a greater part of the callousness of how do you, how do you police a community? Um, it's really unfortunate that it's taken, uh, it, it took somebody's life in order to change that the way that we approach, uh, police violence. That's, that's really, it's, it's gross. It's like, it's, it's, it's really gross. Like I don't have any other words for it to be perfectly honest. 22 and a half years for, for, for murder is what I would consider a, a pretty good start. The reality is, is that at, a, at the 85% rule, he'll probably be out in, oh, 17, 18 years if he is on good behavior. And that's, you know, is, is you know, the question of justice is there. But this last week, we actually saw a different side of this. And this is one that I'm interested in seeing how this gets played out. If you saw, heard about the shooting in Colorado, where a guy gunned down a police officer with an AR mm. and an armed citizen gunned down the shooter. Really? Yeah. Only to when he went over to the shooter to remove his rifle from him, another cop came around the corner and shot the, uh, shot the hero. No way. Uh, that's yep. Look it up. Wow. Uh, it's absolutely wild. So you have this case of good guy with a gun stopping a shooter with an AR only to get gunned down by the cops. Wow. So I'm, I'm curious to see if blue lives matter, or all lives matter show up for this one. Sure. I'm going to bet no personally, because they can only show up when black guys get killed. So, yeah, but we got Lauren Bobert there and she's always looking for oh. attention. So there could be, a, oh. there could be a big rally. You know what I mean? Or, oh, there's not going to be shit. They'll probably, I'm waiting for the smear campaign on the dude to start any moment now. Like, seriously, where, where's Blue Lives Matter? Where's All Lives Matter? Where's everybody who's pro 2A? Mm. Like, literally, I'm getting more news from them than from any of my gun-loving friends. And I'm like, wow, some of y'all really, really barked up the wrong tree. And you're, you're sticking with that. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm impressed. I love the fact that you didn't mention the color of anybody in the incident. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> so this is, this is, this is going to be an interesting one. It is, you know, unfortunately, like this is one of those things where I, I want desperately somebody to prove me wrong. Like I like being right, but man, there are times I really wish somebody would fucking prove me wrong yeah. because this is one of those situations where it's like, you're going to sit here and you're going to tout all of these stories. You're going to tell me about how blue lives matter and that, you know, good. You're going to tell me about good guys with guns. You're going to tell me about why the second amendment is needed. And when all of those scenarios came into one fucking incident, it is goddamn crickets. Right. So let so, so basically all of those things that happened during the last year, are exactly what the rest of us thought it was. It was racist fucking dog whistling in a response to fucking white supremacists and, and white rage. White rage is a thing apparently, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things like this is, this is, this is a really interesting issue that I don't understand the, the mental side of it yeah. because it's, it's, people are feeling attacked for absolutely no reason whatsoever. You know, like, like we said, you know, it, it's that, you know, it, it, equal rights for everybody doesn't mean you have less rights, right? but somehow it gets construed as somebody having less rights. Like when, like when somebody comes out, you know, on their sexuality and the first thing that, you know, some parents do is they're like, did we raise you wrong? Right. It wasn't anything about how you fucking raised them. Right. It isn't a, it isn't anything about how you raise this person, hmm. you know, and, and the idea that, you know, six, six, you know, it's like, should, should people, white people feel bad right now for the system 
the systems that were created 100 years ago, 150 years ago? No, but it's incumbent upon them to fix those issues as you find them. Individually, and I that's believe. that's just it. I believe that we and all need to work on ourselves that way. The system might be hundreds of years old, but your part in it can stop at any mm -hmm. time. And that's it. Like Individually, we need to yep. address our actions and systemically, hopefully, that will change things. Absolutely. And so the idea, the idea that there isn't some sort of systemic issues, we know that's we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. We've we if you had a, a decent history teacher in high school, you know about the three fifths compromise. You know about the literacy tests in order to vote. Mm -hmm. You know about the poll tax. These were things that were passed to keep black people from voting mm -hmm. it's this isn't anything you know these these are the big ones that we know about that were deemed to be illegal and unconstitutional yeah. but the idea that there aren't anything there isn't anything more subtle sitting within the system that's not really true either you know as a data person like i said when when you have six percent of the population getting 18% of the tickets mm -hmm. that's that's a that's quite a deviation from what you should expect if 6% of the population were getting say maybe 9% of the tickets yeah you probably want to look into that but that's you know it's mm, it's it's not great but it's it's not terrible but at 18 like three times the rate of the population something's going on there and that's something something's going on there i think you got to look into that the problem i think the problem is you can't nobody studies a case from beginning to end that way you know like mm -hmm. um i'm thinking about it and the the arrest that might be the issue who's arresting right but then again mm -hmm. is it the i always go to a living wage because if you don't have the money to fix your car if you don't have the money to get the, the sticker if you don't have the money to fix your brake light this week you could be mm -hmm. screwed and all, all a police officer has to do is go into a low income community and he's going to find a loud muffler or a broken tail light or a car that's mm -hmm. been sitting too long. And it's so easy. It's like fish in a barrel. And I think the, so mm -hmm. yeah, but who studies that? And then, like I said, when the guy is officially booked into the system or brought in for conversations, how does that go? And how does a, how does somebody of color, get treated as opposed to somebody that that isn't because it's just tones are more respectful i i think i'm a little more respectful with my verbiage than somebody that has lesser education but then somebody feels the same way down the chain and so i worry about all of that but nobody pays attention to that from beginning to end how somebody's treated from the very beginning to the end if somebody could study yeah. all of those cases, then we would find out that there is so many biases in the system. And that's mm -hmm. that's how you iron it out is by determining where they are. And they can be anywhere. They can be anywhere. Right. A, a judge has a bad day. That's a shame. You know what I mean? If a judge has a bad day, that sucks. But like, for example, judges are harsher before they eat lunch versus after they eat lunch. Exactly. That's that's something else. You know, why, why is that, why is that, you know, why is that an issue? Does that mean that, you know, procedural stuff should be in the mornings and sentencing should be in the afternoons? <laughs> you know? No, all the white people get the mornings. <laughs> well, because, you know, because everybody that's incarcerated, I know this from being at court, everybody that's incarcerated comes out in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And everybody... That, you know, if you got a ticket and you're just going to plead guilty and pay your charges, those people come in in the morning, 9 a.m. Right. You know, that's just it. Looking at looking at all of these systems is going to be important because the reality is, is, is that it should, you know, there should be, you know, you should be able to see the standard deviation look pretty similar. You shouldn't see anything lopsided. Right. And that's just not the case right now. So unfortunately, you know, unfortunately we, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, I think of it as fortunately, fortunately, we have the chance to do some good work mm -hmm. to make things equitable, right? Not just equal equitable, but again, so that way, so that way we, we, we have, because we have to create ways in which people aren't going to be 
on the system. Right. I think it's imperative of everybody that's a part of the system to stop pointing fingers at everybody else and realize that it's you. It's you. It's you. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Even if you're a minor point in it, even if you just accept what's going on and you don't report it. The problem with bad cops is that good cops don't report them before they do something bad. And that's the truth. The same with prosecutors. Mm -hmm. There's good prosecutors. There's bad prosecutors and there's bad judges and there's good judges. And I have worked and I've worked with all of them. I've yeah. worked with, I've worked with some marshals that have been great and on the level. I've worked with some marshals that are really crappy. I've worked with some judges who are absolute. They are, you know, they very much mm -hmm. equally apply the law. I've worked with some judges who don't. I've worked with some prosecutors who it's like, hey, you know, how do we get this? You know, how do we get the interest of judge justice and and make sure that you know we create some you know pathways and goodwill? And I've worked with some people that all they want to do is they just want to be able to throw the book as hard and as far as they can, right. and they're not interested in anything else. And that's just it is, is that not everything requires somebody to be made ex an example of. In fact, right. it should be the rare case. That's right. But I, that's the issue is that people aren't policing themselves. That's the way I feel about uh, drug users, gun users, and people in the criminal justice system. You need to be like, that's not right. And because people, well, people you, need you their fair day. You also have to have it. You also have to have these these checks and balances in such a way that you don't have the chance to investigate yourself and then determine you did nothing wrong. Well, yeah, exactly. But nobody's doing their job alone and by themselves. They're all accountable to the public scrutiny. It's just the public doesn't know it well enough, and the prosecutor against the defense attorney does. And both of them know what the judge is doing. And, you know, the criminal knows exactly who's screwing him, too. It's just there's nobody there to take a record of the final... Like I said, there's nobody watching the thing from beginning to end to study it and say this is where the issue was. But there's always going to be an issue. And if the people don't hold each other accountable, if I don't hold you accountable, Jeffrey, and let you and when mm -hmm. and just let you say something stupid, not that you ever have, but if you said something <laughs> outrageously stupid and uh, conspiracy like, I would have to call you out on it because we need to police each other. We can't just oh I'll, I'll let a, I'll let an audience member police it. No, that's not how it works. Well, and that's, and that's just, it is, is that like all of, all of these, all of these systems, we have a chance to do better. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, you know, the, you, you should, you should be wanting these, these outside eyes to sit down and say, Hey, this is where we can do better. Yeah. This is where you can do better. Right. I think that, I think that the whole ending, you know, ending the stops for people who are speeding is just one step one simple step it's a great step and i can hear and i and i can already hear it now but what about all the people who are running drugs blah 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 well like anything else you actually have to do the police work in order to figure out if whether or not you have a reason to stop somebody that eliminates these pretextual stops are these pretextual stops are are they're dangerous. Yeah. They are absolutely dangerous. Mm -hmm. They've ended more. They've ended more lives than they should ever have. Right. I always wonder why a police officer escalates. At some point, you have a chance to just go like, "Fuck it, not today." You know what I mean? But they, like Derek Chauvin, at any point he could have been like, "Yeah, fuck it, I don't want to kill somebody today." You know what I mean? <laughs> but right. there's a trigger. Like li literally, like literally, it was you know, at some point, all you had to do, you know, was. Just stand them up. Yeah. Just cuffs on. Just stop. You literally, literally cuff, cuff the ankles together. Like they have shackles. Right. Literally could have had a, you know, just had a shackle system and been like, all right, you ain't going to be able to go anywhere, mm -hmm. but you ain't going to get kneeled on to death. Right. You know, you know, it's amazing. I heard on the news today, finally, somebody addressing the issue that, you know, it was his anxiety and claustrophobia that caused his death. And that's. A disabled thing. Thank you, America. Intersectionality again. And I love that, that somebody noticed that. Claustrophobia is a disability. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the fact that he was thrown to the ground because of it, I don't... And what they're saying is they didn't charge Derek Chauvin with a hate crime 
because there was no proof that race was a cause. But there is definitively proof that his disability caused his death. And that is also a hate crime. And it bugs me that they didn't even consider that, you know? Unfortunately, the bar for determining what's a hate crime is so, so fucking high. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I mean, pretty much unless you're yelling, you know, if you're, unless you're yelling (laughs) slurs or you're like texting slurs, like they won't even try to go there. Like you legitimately have to be so overt that they're like, well, did, I mean, did he say it once? Right. Did he say it more than once? Right. Did he say it more than twice? Did he say it oh, as God, do I really have know? to add this? Right. Do I really have to look at this as a hate crime? <laughs> Can we just say like, you know, if you say three slurs or more, what about four? Like it literally, it's like, they don't want to touch it. They don't want to dig into it. Yeah. And that's bullshit. That may, I mean, even if you just brought light to the fact that, that it was, then that would be nice because I think, I think we need, we need to realize that we have a rare opportunity to combine forces because I can't find a current stat, Jeffrey, if you can find a current stats at some point, I last stat I saw was a year ago and it was 50% of all people that are, are shot or disabled. Because in some way, mental impairment is a disability as well. And mm-hmm. I'd like to find a current stat on how many people, black and white, that are killed by the police are people of, with a disability. With disability. But we're going to wrap up it's, this hour. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this hour. And I just want to ask you, what's one way that you stay positive? What's, what's one coping Ooh. skill that you use to stay positive? Humor. Um, and I'll give you a great example. Like whenever I have a hard day and somebody tells me to say, po- stay positive. Mm-hmm. First thing I say is, all right, I'm positive. This is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, it usually gets a good laugh out of everybody. And it's like, you know, you just, you have to recognize that if, if some, if a day is going to be a hard day, you know, some, you just inject some humor into it because otherwise you will go crazy. I agree. I agree. I love that. You know what I realized? I don't make other people's problems my problem until they ask me to help. Like, mm-hmm. I'll let things go by. I don't really care if a random stranger is struggling. If they need help, I'm happy to help them, though. But I don't suddenly mm-hmm. say, oh, shit, that's all on me. It's all on my shoulders. No, my life is right. my life is on my shoulders. And I should mm-hmm. learn to ask people for help because then they feel better asking help from me. But generally... I don't let shit mm-hmm. roll downhill. If shit comes to me, it doesn't go past me. Right. I love you. Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our, this is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not Stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.